This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to the Morning Bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning Liverpool FC. And I'm delighted to say for the first time this week, I'm joined by Matt Addison. Matt, how are you, mate? Yeah, really good, thanks, mate. Some, some really interesting stories to go through this morning, so really looking forward to, to getting into it. Me too. I was catching up with Monday's Blood Red podcast this morning before we started recording this one and the panel talk a lot about why Liverpool have chosen to delay their expansion of the Anthill Road end by 12 months. So if you don't mind, we're going to concentrate on other areas on this podcast and we'll start with a bit of transfer gossip if that's alright. And it's a name of a player, Matt. I don't think it's been linked with Liverpool before. No, as you say, it's a completely new one. It's uh, Tinkter Osimhen from, from Lille in France and the foot Mercato suggests that that he's one that's on Liverpool's radar. And I think interestingly, the the report sort of starts with uh, a discussion of, of Kylian Mbappe, obviously a player which has sort of the, the links towards the the PSG forward have resurfaced a little bit over the weekend, and, and that discussion has started up again. And we actually spoke to a French football expert last week and, and sort of discussed. Know, the sort of different factors that might go into that deal and there's a, an interesting piece on the Liverpool Liverpool Echo I should say website um, at the moment which people can read and sort of discusses the, the Nike kit deal situation and whether that will play into Liverpool's hands or not so yeah I would uh, definitely definitely give that a read on the website if you can today and uh, but yeah the, the, the Foot Mercato piece suggests that, that Jurgen Klopp has phoned Mbappe's father which we sort of knew from, from the weekend reports in France suggested that was the case and um, yeah, it, it suggests that, that that was more in terms of making a move for Mbappe in, in 2021 rather than this year uh, giving Mbappe an extra year at PSG which is uh, which is interesting um, but they say that, that this summer rather than Mbappe Victor Osman as I mentioned could be could be one that Jürgen Klopp goes for and yeah, it's uh, an interesting report. It suggests that the, the Reds have been in talks with his agents and his representatives about a potential sort of transfer move. Uh, it suggests that Manchester United and, and Chelsea are both interested too, as well as clubs in Spain and Italy and in Germany. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of competition for the player. Um, if you look at his goal record, 18 goals in, in 38 matches sort of suggests that you know he's got a bit of quality about him and He's not a player that, that I've really heard much about. I've never seen him play, so I can't really comment too much on that. But you look at that goal record, and I've heard a, a few different people sort of compare him to maybe someone like Harry Kane, sort of that sort of style of footballer. So he's obviously got something about him, and it'd be interesting to see if Liverpool do go for him. But the price tag, sort of 70 to 80 million euros, is, is being mooted. It, it seems pretty steep I think obviously with the, the long line of clubs interested that will be you know, if, if Lille won that price then you know, probably probably one of those clubs will end up paying that and there might be a bit of a bidding war so it'll be interesting to, to see if Liverpool really follow up and, and make a move for him but yeah we, we obviously look over, over the last few months everything has been pointing towards Timo Werner being the one that, that Liverpool go for but I think it's you know it, it's interesting that there's a couple more names sort of being touted with a move to Liverpool over the last couple of, of days or so. So, you know, maybe you know, Liverpool are, are looking at other options. Maybe Timo Werner isn't the only one. Only time will tell. And I'm sure we'll have plenty, plenty.
plenty more discussions about transfers and, and strikers and that sort of thing between now and, and whenever that summer window does take place. Sure, we will. Two names who are more familiar to this podcast are Philippe Coutinho and Kai Havertz. I think it's fair to say that we all know by now that Coutinho will not be returning to Anfield despite some reports to the contrary. But what I think we also know is that Jurgen Klopp is an admirer of Kai Havertz. But this story we're going to talk about now that's been published on the Athletic website uh, suggests that Klopp's not the only Premier League manager who is interested in the young German. Yeah, it's a story about Chelsea in, in the sense that you know they're potentially interested in, in Coutinho and Havertz, but maybe are edging towards a move for Havertz. And you know it's really interesting, as you say, for Liverpool in the fact that, that they've been linked with the, the twenty-year-old German, and of course that the Coutinho is one that we understand Liverpool have no interest in, in bringing him back. But Coutinho's agent has obviously been working hard to try and find a new club potentially for him. So. Yeah, it's a, a really interesting story. It starts by explaining that Chelsea have been interested in Coutinho since he was a teenager. I think he, he left Vasco da Gama in, in Brazil for, for Inter Milan and obviously moved to Liverpool um, after that. And yeah, there's sort of been, you know, Chelsea have been keeping tabs on him, shall we say, and, and they've always held an interest. They've always thought he was a good footballer, of course. Uh, we know, obviously, Liverpool fans will know how good he is um, but interestingly you know Coutinho's agent has been going around all of the, the top clubs in England to try and find a potential suitor for this summer and he's not really having much luck I think there's probably some truth in the fact that he's had conversations with Liverpool um, Liverpool have then obviously said no we're not interested um, seems perhaps that, that Chelsea have, have done the same thing so but when, when you see the price tag obviously it's it's much reduced on the, the 143 million that the Barcelona paid for Coutinho in 2018, but they're still going to want at least 50 million, maybe 60, maybe even closer to 70 or 80 million pounds, which is, you know, it, obviously, as I say, much reduced, but it, it is still a lot of money, especially in the, the current climate. So for Chelsea, when they've already signed Hakim Ziyech this summer from Ajax, they've already got people like Mason Mount and Ross Barkley in the same position. Would you really go for for twenty eight year old Felipe Coutinho at that price? I'm not too sure. Then, of course, you look at Kai Havertz, as you mentioned. You know, he's he's seven or eight years younger. He's a player who's regarded as being in that similar sort of bracket. He plays in the same sort of positions. He scores a, a similar amount of goals. So, obviously, if, if you're going to be spending a huge amount of, of money, maybe you would go for for the younger model. And I think that's something that, that isn't really playing into Coutinho's hands going into the summer. He's basically got no real suitors. There's not really anybody, as far as we're aware, who's prepared to pay the price that Barcelona would want for him. And then, of course, there's the issue of his, his wages as well. I mean, I think the report says that N'Golo Conte is, is Chelsea's best, play, uh, best paid player, um, but they would have to make Coutinho their best play, paid player uh, for this deal to go through. So, there's, there's a few different complications and, and for me the upshot of it all is that it's not completely off the table that Coutinho could stay at Barcelona you know when he departed on loan for, for Bayern Munich who again they're not interested in him this summer but um, you know when he when he left on that temporary move last summer Ernesto Valverde was still Barcelona manager obviously since then he's been replaced by Kike Setien and, and Setien sort of 
in the last sort of week or two has been hinting at the fact that Coutinho might have a second chance at Barcelona. Initially, you thought maybe that was to, to drive up a bit more interest. Maybe that was the case and it hasn't worked, I don't know. But for me, it, it sort of maybe points more towards Coutinho staying at Barcelona next season, maybe getting a second bite at the cherry. And, you know, it would be interesting to see if, if a club did come up with the money, I think they would let him go. But maybe they're not quite as averse to, to selling him and, and finding a, a buyer as maybe we once thought they were. So, yeah, it, certainly it's one for, for not just Liverpool fans, but for, for fans of other top clubs around Europe to be keeping an eye on because. Certainly we'll be keeping an eye on that over the coming months. Once football actually returns, then the transfer market can return, obviously. yeah. And it does seem in this country, following other countries in Europe now, that the Premier League will return, probably behind closed doors in all likelihood, in June. But obviously everything depends on the government giving it the go-ahead. But the government itself is not shying away from this anymore, are they, Matt? Increasingly they are speaking on the record about it. Yeah, we, we've heard lots of stories and, and whispers from sort of behind the scenes in government meetings and that sort of thing, which hinted at this being the case. But yeah, as you say, they've, they've gone on record now and, and basically come out publicly and said that the talks are underway about the Premier League resuming as soon as possible for financial reasons, mainly, I would suggest, but also, you know, sport and, and football in particular is a huge part of, of life, particularly in this country. It's certainly something that, you know, obviously there are bigger things going on and, and you have to look at the bigger picture, but for me, it's something that, that I've missed over the last few weeks not having the, the football on, not having sport to, to look forward to and, yeah, Culture Secretary Oliver Dowden, a name that has popped up on this podcast more than a couple of times now, has sort of come out and said that he sees it as almost a, a morale booster and you know, in these difficult times where maybe you know, things like mental health have, have struggled and, and people have not got those things to look forward to and, and that regularity to their, their normal life. You know, he sees it as, as something which could help bring that back to people, which, you know, is, is absolutely right. I think it's it's a big part of people's lives and, you know, if we can get that back on, I think it will, will be a big thing for, for the country. It will be a big step towards moving back to normality over the next few weeks. So, yeah, look, we, we know the season is going to get completed. We we think now that a June start is, is most likely, but look, it's it's still a precarious situation. And let's say you know one player from one particular team suddenly you know contracts coronavirus once this, these measures have been put in place, and suddenly the whole thing is in jeopardy again. So it's certainly you know some way off being finalised, and, and even when it is finalised, there's things that will have to be taken into account. But it does appear that steps are being taken, and, and we saw over the weekend there was the, the story about hotels being planned and that sort of thing to keep different squads away from each other to keep people safe. There was talk about you know how the, the deep cleaning of these hotels might work once the players have departed and that sort of thing, and. And before that, there was the talk of, of maybe using Wembley and St George's Park, using the, the National Stadium to, to host the matches, and then St George's Park for, for training sessions and things like that to keep all of the players in one place to make sure that the, the spread of coronavirus doesn't happen that way. So certainly it seems like options are being explored. And there's a, another Premier League meeting on Friday, which you know, we, we expect maybe a bit more concrete news and, and some more 
know, maybe maybe not an exact date, but certainly a date of, of when the Premier League clubs maybe can go back to training properly. And obviously, we've seen West Ham and, and Arsenal now have both gone back to training. Liverpool planning it for, for the next couple of weeks. You know, certainly, the the wheels are starting to get in motion now. But it's football returning, and, and hopefully on Friday we'll have. And say some more concrete news as to an exact date as to when that might be, because you know, as I say, it would be a big morale boost, and it would be something for people to be able to look forward to in in these really unprecedented and strange times that we find ourselves in. Certainly would, mate. And when it does return, Premier League football, it will surely lead to Liverpool winning their first league title since 1990, which was sealed exactly 30 years ago today when Kenny Dalglish's side beat QPR 2-1 at Anfield. It's a day our own Ian Doyle has been remembering, reminiscing about on the Liverpool Echoes website, hasn't he, Matt? It's a good piece. Yeah, it's a really good piece, obviously, as you say. 30 years on since Liverpool last won a league title. And, yeah, the the point of, of the piece really is to, to point out that no-one at the time would have thought that it would be 30 years until it happened again, obviously. If you'd have said it would be three decades between Liverpool's last league title win and the next one everyone would have thought you were you were absolutely crazy <laughs> and of course you could say the exact same thing as well for at the turn of this year it, it looked like that 30 year landmark would never quite be reached because Liverpool would have already had the title this season under wraps obviously 25 points clear two games away but they've been in that situation now for, for six or seven weeks so yeah it will happen um but we know it, it will be behind closed doors and, and the proper celebrations, if you like, are, are going to be some way down the line. It's not going to be you know, won in, in the next few weeks. There's not going to be the big celebration and the big let-off, which, which Liverpool fans have been looking forward to for so long. But, yeah, look, we mentioned before, it's a, a morale booster when football does return. And I think this is a, a bit of a reminder of the importance to people's lives that, that football has and, and the significance that it has. And, Unfortunately, there are bigger things and more important things to think about at this moment in time. But certainly on this day, 30 years ago, Liverpool fans were celebrating and that's something to look forward to for for when normality does eventually resume. It's interesting you say that, Matt, because we certainly got a reminder last week about why there are more important things than football when Dominic Matteo, the former Liverpool defender, confirmed he had been given the all-clear following a brain tumour. The best birthday present he could ever have because it is his birthday today. He's 46 and we'd just like to wish Dominic a really happy birthday. I'm sure he'll enjoy it massively with his family. That's all from us on the Morning Bulletin. Thanks very much as always for listening and thanks very much for his insight. Uh, Thanks Matt, I should say, very much for his insight and we'll be back in the morning. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.